The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, how you doing? Is that country enough for you? You want to get more? I can, I can turn it up another notch if you need me to. Get real country on you. But uh, it's, it's a blessing to be here tonight in the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it, it feels great to me in here. Uh, and I don't know any place I'd rather go after having a long, hard day of work than to be at Christian Life Church and the presence of God that I feel in this place today. Of course, this church spiritual DNA comes from Pastor Rex and Patty Johnson. And I don't know anyone better at loving people to Jesus than Pastor Rex and Patty Johnson. Amen. Pastor Rex called me. I was honored that he called me and excited, invited me to come and be with you here tonight. Tell me what you guys have been studying and talking about. That's right up my alley. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I love seeing people open themselves up to receiving the Holy Spirit. And for many of you, I am meeting for the very first time. And some of you I've known for many years. But I want you to know that I'm believing tonight that God is going to do some amazing things in people's lives before they leave this service. Tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't want anyone to be scared. You've probably heard about those churches that people give people a hard time. Oh, you go to that spirit church and they start telling you scary stories where they drag you down and shake you around and try to push the spirit on you and that kind of stuff and you're not in that kind of church but I've been in those kind of churches and if it's your first time it is a little scary when when you're something like that but you don't have to worry about that tonight and the one thing I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost what do you want to call is that is the Holy Spirit is a gentleman he's not going to force himself on anyone and I have found that shaking someone or screaming at someone or yelling at someone doesn't help anyone receive the Holy Spirit in their life. But I have found that when people are believers and they have an appetite for God and they begin to worship Him, amazing things begin to happen in people's lives and the Spirit starts being poured out. I'm reminded of the pastor that was trying to liven his crowd up and he was going to preach on the Holy Spirit. So he got a little boy, and uh, they had a church that was like A-frame, as Pastor Tom about, and there was a little balcony in the back, and a little hole out of it, to where when the pastor was preaching, you could just see that little hole there. And he had the little boy go up the stairs, and he had a dove. And he said, now here's what I want you to do. I'm going to be preaching on the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm going to give you the cue. He said, when I say that Jesus came up out of the water and the Spirit came down like a dove, I want you to release that dove. That dove's going to fly out over that audience and it's just going to awe the crowd. He said, do you have it? He said, I got it, I got it. So here's the key. When I say he came up out of the water and the Spirit came down like a dove, what do you do? I release the dove. You got it, okay. 
I just want to make sure. So the pastor's up and he's preaching. He's talking about John the Baptist and came Jesus and Jesus was baptized. And he said, Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water and the spirit descended like a dove. <laughs> and nothing happened. He said, I said, Jesus came up out of the water and the spirit descended like a dove. Nothing. Finally said, I said up there that the Spirit came down like a dove and descended on Jesus. And the little boy stuck his head out there and he said, the cat ate the Holy Spirit. So I promise you tonight, no doves. Okay? No shaking people around. We're just here to receive what God is pouring out in great measure in this last day. And so I'm going to jump right into a scripture. It's in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. And it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What I want you to focus on before we go any farther is that fifth word. And they were all filled. So before I talk a little bit about the word filled, I think it's important that we go back and just for a moment look at when the Spirit start being started moving in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, if you'll go all the way back and you start reading in the Old Testament about the Spirit of God and then you jump ahead and read in the New Testament the Spirit of God, especially the book of Acts, when it talks about the Spirit, notice the verbs that it used. It says things like, the Spirit filled them. The Spirit fell on them. The Spirit sat on them. They received the Spirit. And that's the way that the Bible depicts it in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, you will find that the Spirit is depicted in a different way. And the scripture I want you to look at is in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, the second verse of the Bible. And it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God moved. What you'll find here is notice that the earth had no form and was void. Almost everything we have in the world today has a form or takes on the form of something. Water takes on the form of its container. The world had no form until the Spirit of God moved on the face of the water. It was God's Spirit that got things moving. It was God's Spirit that caused things to start taking shape. The Spirit brings life and action. When you read about the Spirit, there's always action and there's life. It removes emptiness. When the Spirit moves, emptiness begins to dissipate. Notice how the Spirit moved. It moved on the water. And from that time forward until the New Testament, the Spirit would make a difference in this world by moving on people and on things. When you read in the Old Testament, you'll find that word on. The Spirit moved on. The Spirit moved on. If you read in the book of Isaiah, you'll find the Spirit of the Lord moved on Isaiah. 
In Numbers 11.25, the Spirit of the Lord moved on the 70 elders and rested on them. The Spirit of the Lord came on a man named Othanel and he judged Israel. Gideon also had the Spirit of the Lord move up on him. The Spirit of the Lord moved on Samson at times. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord lifted Ezekiel up. Not one time could I find in those passages I gave you where the Spirit of the Lord filled them. It moved on them. There's a difference in the Spirit of the Lord moving on someone or something and the Spirit of the Lord filling someone or something. When you look at the great things that were accomplished with the Spirit as it moved on people, the stories were amazing in regards to what people could do when the Spirit of the Lord moved on them. Now, I don't have time to go into all those stories I just told you about those people, but go home and read the book of Judges. When the Spirit of the Lord moved on those people, they did amazing things. Incomparable to some of the things that people do nowadays, but the Spirit moving on them. The book, the Bible tells us in Numbers 11, 24, it's a, it's a lengthy reading, but I'm, I want you to get this, is what happened, how the Spirit of God was working on people in that time. Numbers 11, 24 said, And Moses went out, And told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. So he's setting everybody around. It says, And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke unto him and took the spirit that was upon Moses, him, and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rests, everybody say upon, it's on them. They prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name was Eldad. The name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. You see, it's on them. And they were with them that were written, but went not out into the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man, he told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, I love this, he said, My Lord, Moses. (laughs) Say it with me. My Lord, Moses. I mean, he's saying, hold on. Forbid them. Stop this. You got it? The Spirit of the Lord's been moving on Moses. He takes the 70 elders and the Spirit moves on them, but there's two guys, Eldad and Medad, and they're not right in the right place. See, because in their mind, the Spirit of the Lord moves when you're in a certain place or you're a certain person. And so Eldad and Medad are somewhere else. And he said, hey, my Lord, Moses, you've got to stop this. He said, what are you talking about? He most said to him, envious thou for my sake? Hey, don't, don't be envious for my sake. He said, would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. You know what Moses was saying? I know what it feels like when the Spirit of the Lord moves on me. And I'm not going to hold it back from anybody else. I not only want the 70 elders to get it, I want all of God's people to feel the Spirit of the Lord moving on them. It was Joel that prophesied of things to come when he said, it shall come to pass afterward, I will Pour out my spirit upon all flesh in Joel 2.28. Notice two things about that verse. The verb and the wording changed. Instead of it, it was going to be upon them, it said that it's going to be poured out upon. Poured. 
not just set on them or just given to them, sounds more abundant and plentiful when something is being poured out. Because when something's being poured out, you are either trying to get rid of it or you have plenty of it. And he said there's coming a day when we're not going to have to worry about running out of the Spirit because we got it on Moses and the 70 elders. There's coming a day that we're just going to, I'm just going to pour out my Spirit upon any person that wants it. It's not going to be poured out on the denomination. It's not going to be poured out on a certain group of people. It's not going to be poured out on just leaders. It's not going to be poured out on just people that are apostles. It's going to be poured out on anybody that is flesh, that has a hunger for the Spirit of God. How exciting to know that that day was coming, that every person, and here's the key, that desires it, that wants it, that's hungry, an appetite for it. You see, the thing is of God, if you really want something, you have to seek after God. The Bible says, seek the kingdom of God first and these things will be added unto you. You have to have an appetite for that. If you're hungry and thirsty, you shall be filled. God knows what your appetite is. And so some of you came tonight with an incredible appetite for spiritual things. There's something... I love what I have, but God, I feel like there's more that you're wanting me to have. I feel like there's something that maybe I haven't experienced as of yet. When you read Isaiah 28 and 11, an incredible scripture there talks about when the Spirit would move, it says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he, God, speak to his people. Think about that. Stammering lips and another tongue. Stammering lips, what that means. Quivering. Your lips quiver. Your lips stammer. Anybody here ever lived up in cold country? I used to live in Cincinnati. Anybody live north of, north of Kentucky? Anybody here? A couple people. Okay. It's so funny now because we live in Houston. My daughter, she goes to school with these girls, and the temperature dropped to about 60 this week. My daughter's born in Cincinnati, and those girls born in Houston, they're like, oh, it's so cold. I'm freezing. I can't. I'm saying, it is 60 degrees. What are you talking about? But up in Cincinnati, it can get so cold that you can get in your car and your lips start quivering. You know? And when that happens, that doesn't scare me. Because you know what I understand that is? That's the effects of the cold on my body. So I say I'm cold and when I get cold, not only do my lips quiver, but sometimes my body shakes. Anybody experience that? Now I've watched some people and some people they get scared of the spirit because they've seen how the effects of the spirit move on people and maybe you've seen someone before with the spirit moving on them and they start shaking a little bit and you're like, whoa man, that's kind of scary. Not really. When you really understand it, it's just the effects of the spirit that's moving on that person. It's nothing to be afraid of. You're not scared in the car. When I start shaking the car, I'm like, why am I shaking? I'm scared to death. Why am I shaking? I'm not scared. I'm cold. 
Okay, when you get in the move of the Spirit, you may feel the Spirit moving on you and you may feel your body begin to shake or you may feel your lips beginning to quiver. And the Bible says when this happened, not only will there be stammering lips, but then this language starts beginning to speak as God speaks through you. And that's what we read about in Acts 2 where people started speaking in a language that they had never been taught before. It was supernatural and it was the Spirit of God that was moving upon them. Amen? When the Spirit moves on you, it will affect you in many different ways. Sometimes tears will just start rolling down your face. Sometimes you'll feel chills. Sometimes you feel a peace that comes over you. Or something that warms you like they're wrapping their arms around you and holding. Or you feel joyful. You feel this emotion that rise. You say, why is that? The thing is, is God affects you in every way. Not just in your soul, but he affects your body, your spirit, your mind, your strength. He affects you in every way. And I know many times that I've prayed with people and I see big strong men come down and they'll look at me and their tears will just be running out of life like, Man, I don't know why I'm crying. Why am I crying like this? And they feel the presence of God. It is the effect of the Spirit of God that is moving on them. And as the Spirit of God moves on them, and then they respond to what the presence of God is doing, then they find that an incredible experience begins to happen with in them because of what they're feeling on them and as they open themselves to it the spirit of God begins to flow through them and the spirit of the Holy Spirit emulates expectation continued even when Christ was born he began his ministry John the Baptist and the priests they would prophesy about the promise that was coming, the promise that was coming. The disciples anticipated watching Christ perform miracles and people were uniting. They had power over demons. It was going to be great when this day was going to happen and Jesus broke the news to the disciples. He told them about his death, which kind of shocked them. They thought he was going to take the kingdom over right now. And then he said, but I've got something I want to tell you. When I die, I'm leaving this earth, but I'm not leaving you without a comforter. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide, everybody say, with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Here's what I want you to get. But you know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be not on you, not upon you. He's going to be in you. You know what's awesome about that? When he gets in you, when I leave Christian Life Church and I go home, he's right there in me. Now, God is everywhere and he's around you. But I'm going to tell you, there's a difference in God being around you and God being in you. Because see, when he gets in you, it helps to let his light shine out of you. There's other things that happen when he gets within you. That's where you can start finding this peace that passes all understanding. And you can find this joy that's unspeakable. And you can find this knowledge that he starts imparting to you because the Bible says he'll put a teacher in you and he'll teach you all things. And so the spirit comes to live inside of you and Jesus was telling his disciples, I'm leaving with the body, but you're not going to be alone because I'm sending my spirit, Holy Spirit, back 
so he can be in you and not just around you. So he told them after crucifixion in Acts 1 and 4, he said, while saying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say wait. Wait Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. Wait for the promise. Wait for the comforter. Do not leave without receiving this promise. And the Bible said they stayed there about seven to ten days waiting for the promise of the Spirit. They did not leave. 120 in that upper room. And then it happened, Acts 2 and 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See the difference? The Spirit didn't just get on them, but it filled them. The Holy Spirit filled their being, everyone in the house, all 120 worshiping God, the Spirit filling them, magnifying the Lord. What this means in the original, they were filled up with the Spirit. Wouldn't you like to be filled up with the Spirit? How, can you imagine how that feels? To be filled up with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, fulfilled, the Bible says. Emptiness, remember, when the Spirit moves, emptiness starts to dissipate. I've watched people, they're empty and they've had the Spirit fill them and their life completely changes because of how the Spirit takes that emptiness away. It fills the void. It starts taking action in their life. They start seeing things move in a positive direction because of the direction that the Spirit gives them. That peace that passes all understanding is imparted. That joy unspeakable it speaks about. That direction for their life can all come with the direction of the Spirit. It's an incredible experience when you are filled with the Spirit of God. Not only was the important for 120, God needed the world to know that it was no longer exclusive. No longer just for Moses. No longer for just the 70 elders. So you say, well, how is he going to let everybody know? What's great, God always has a plan before you get to the place where you need the plan. And so Peter and all the 120 receive the Spirit and they go walking out in the street and there's these people from all these different nations are there and they're asking questions. What is going on? We're hearing people speaking a language that they've never been taught and that's my language and they're saying wonderful things about God. And Peter gets up and here's what he says in verse 14. Men of Judea and all who dwell at Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, that is happening in today's world that we live. There are more people 
receiving the Spirit of God with speaking in the language it talks about here than at any time in the history of the world. You can read it, research it. Then the history of the world. Why? Because this prophecy is happening right now. God is pouring His Spirit out upon all flesh. And in verse 37, people were inquisitive. They wanted to know what to do. And here's what it says. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart, said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. And you will, somebody say you will. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'll pause here to say it's a gift. Can't work for it. Won't get good enough for it. Can't do enough good works for it. God just says, this is so awesome. I want all my children to have it. And all the ones that want it, if you'll believe, I'll give it to those that believe. He goes on to say, for the promises for you, the Jews there, your children, all their children, all that are far off, and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. I want you to know, I haven't met everyone here, but God has included all of us in this great promise that his spirit can be poured out in all flesh. The question is this, some people ask, Is it for me? The question really is, do you want to receive His Spirit in your life? I have yet to meet the first person that has ever felt the Spirit of God that came to me and said, I don't like the way I feel when the Spirit of God moves on me. I just wish He'd quit doing that. No, I see people that come in the service for the very first time and they start feeling something. They'll come up to you and say, man, I don't know what this is, but I feel something. I feel great. I feel the presence of God. You know what that is? That's God kind of putting his arms around you like a blanket and saying, come on, I, I, I got something for you. I, I want to hug you. I want to give you comfort. I want to give you peace. I want to give you joy. You feel that? And some people at first, they, they're like, well, I'm not sure about that. And they're like, whoa, let's kind of shake it off, you know? And they're like, I don't know about that, but it draws them back. And they feel the presence of God. And you felt it tonight when they were up here worshiping and singing. You had your hands in the air. You felt the presence of God. But remember, he wants to do more than move on us. He wants to move in us. So what happens is some of us have been worshiping and we've been feeling God on us. And we're like, I don't don't know what to do with this, man. It It feels incredible, but what do I do? You know what you do? You start praising God and opening yourself up for the Spirit not just to be on you, but to flow through you. And as you start letting the Spirit flow through you, you're saying words of praise and adoration to God. And the next thing you know, those stammering lips start happening. You start speaking these different words. You're like, man, I've never spoke that language before. What's that? And it's God beginning to speak through you. It is a supernatural experience that only God can give. I have some people tell me, I feel the Spirit of the Lord when I'm at church at certain times. Feel chills, feel goosebumps, my lips quiver. That's the effects of the Spirit. But there's a drastic difference in how your body is affected by what is on the inside and what is on the outside. This may not be a good example, but let me use it here. 
water. I can take water and pour it over my body over and over and over and over. But something different happens when this water goes in my body as opposed to just being on my body. Keeps me from being hydrated. Keeps me alive. You have to have that water within you. And so there's a difference of it going in and just going over. I could probably live without putting any water on my body. I wouldn't smell real good. (laughs) But if you don't get that water on the inside, you're not going to make it. The Bible talks about living water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus saw people going to a well and dipping out water and bringing it back and saying, with joy shall you draw from the wells of salvation. But you know what? There was no joy. It was just ritual. He just watched them do it. But he said, hey, the time's coming and it's now, right now, when not only the true worshiper are going to worship in spirit and truth, but this living water is going to spring up into everlasting life. It's going to come from within. It's like God plants a well within you when you receive the Spirit and that water begins, that living water begins to flow. So the question is tonight is are you ready to see God do something awesome in your life today through the Spirit? I believe it. Close your eyes if you would. And I don't know where everybody's at, but just for the sake of someone that may be here that you've never even acknowledged that you believe in Jesus Christ. You've been coming, you've been hearing teaching, you've been hearing the preaching word of God. You like what you feel, you're like, I just haven't made that decision to follow Christ. Today's your day to make that decision. So here's what I want you to do. I would like for you to take a moment and just prepare yourself to be filled with God's spirit. Would you do that with me? Don't want anyone to miss out on what God has. So if you would, just say these words with me. If you believe in Jesus Christ, I want you to follow along with me. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I am a sinner. I cannot be saved without you. I believe that when you died on the cross, you died for me, and you died for all my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the only way I can be saved. I am a sinner, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for every evil deed evil act and evil thought. I accept what you did for me on the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. I am committed to following you. I leave my past behind and I've decided to follow you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands and thank him for hearing your prayer. Hallelujah.
For you, if God would like to fill every individual in this building that desires the Spirit with His Spirit tonight before you walk out that door. And let me tell you something about God. As soon as you connect with Him in your spirit, it doesn't take long for His Spirit to fill you just like that. I've seen people walk to the front and before they ever get to this front, I've saw the Spirit of God fill them just like that. There is something called faith. And the Bible said that every man and woman is given a measure of faith. But there's something else that's called the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those is the gift of faith. And there's a different level of that. I'm going to pray a prayer right now before we go to the next step. And that is that the gift of faith would operate in this church right now. What does that mean? That means that I'm praying that every person in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to stand up and come to the front. Our prayer partners are going to be up here to pray with you. What's going to happen is I'm praying the prayer that every person that makes that step of faith will be filled with the Spirit. And faith will be activated on every person that walks that aisle. When you step in the aisle, you're going to feel faith that you haven't felt before because it's God has already given you a measure of faith. But we're praying the gift of faith to operate in the prayer partners and the gift of faith to operate in every person in this place that's here tonight. Lord, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here. But what you're getting ready to do, God, is something that is amazing. How someone can open their spirit up and you feel them in a moment. You did it on the day of Pentecost and you're going to do it here tonight. I pray the gift of faith to operate in any prayer partner that comes to the front. I pray the gift of faith to begin to fall on people as they step in the aisle. And when they're coming to this front, the Spirit of God will fall in this place like it did on the day of Pentecost where the entire house was filled with the Spirit. I pray our minds are in one accord. We're in one place. We need our minds upon you and we're going to focus on you and believing that you are going to fill the hungry souls with the Spirit. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. 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 What we're going to do, we've repented of our sins. We ask God to forgive us. Now what I'm going to ask you to do is just a couple things. I'm going to give you an invitation to come to the front. Prayer partners, if you'd come on up here right now, our prayer partners will come stand in the front facing the audience. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity to come. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say one, two, three. And when I say three, I want that to be the launch to let your faith step out. You're like, I'm just unsure. I don't know. Don't be apprehensive about what God has promised for all flesh. Some of you have studied. You've prayed. You've heard pastor preach and teach about it. And you're like, I just don't know. I don't know if I need to make that step. I'm telling you, step in faith. There's faith in this building right now for every person that has a hunger to receive His Spirit. So right now, I want you to believe that when you step in the aisle and you come to the front, God's going to fill you with the Spirit. When you come down the aisle, here's what I want you to do as soon as you get to the front. I want you to lift your hands up. I want you to close your eyes and envision Jesus however you think he looks. And I want you to start worshiping him because the Bible says he's seeking those who worship in spirit and truth. You start worshiping him. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Ever what you feel in your spirit praising him. While you're praising him, 
We're going to be praying the Spirit to follow in you. You're going to feel maybe your lips start quivering. You'll feel those words starting to change. You're going to say, wait a minute, that's the Bible. That's what the Bible says is going to happen. And your faith is going to rise. And God's going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive it?